Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Two groups on today's show. In the second half of the program, Francie Harridge-Wilson of Neurological Recovery for the Armed Services will join me to discuss the futuristic tech being used to help rehab America's servicemen and women. We start off with an organization recommended by a dear friend of mine. Serenity High is located in McKinney. Their principal, Stephen Issa, joins me in studio. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate you uh, coming in. So uh, Serenity is a recovery high school. Absolutely. I asked you before we started exactly how to classify this school, and that's exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. I- explain to me what Serenity is and, and what you guys do. We are a recovery high school uh, located in McKinney, Texas, of course. And uh, we not only serve the uh, McKinney community, but we also have 12 partnering districts. That is to say, there are districts outside of McKinney proper that uh, send their students our way as well. A recovery high school, by definition, is a place where students that have a substance abuse disorder, after coming out of treatment, um, they can look for a school like ours to not only uh, support them in their sobriety, but also help them uh, finish high school. Now, you said that they have to complete treatment before they are able to go to this school. Right, that's our model. Students that are suitable for our program must complete at least 30 days of residential treatment. And uh, on the heels of that, then they'll seek uh, enrollment at our school. And many times they're referred to us by their treatment facilities because we have a great relationship with a number of treatment facilities here locally, as well as some is even far away as Canton, Texas, like Sundown Ranch. Is it common to have a, a lag uh, in time, let's say, between treatment and school? Or is it a quick transition going from treatment straight into serenity? Ideally, there shouldn't be a lag. I think the counselors at the treatment facilities will advise families to do a couple of things. Find a, uh, a school or a school situation that will support their students or child sobriety. And in addition to that, they'll also recommend that they get uh, some sort of aftercare in the form of a, an intensive outpatient program or some counseling on that order. What are some of the common themes that you're seeing as far as substance abuse? Is it a lot of alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it a mix? You know. It varies. Um, Right now, what uh, we're seeing at Serenity are primarily uh, students with substance abuse disorders in the form of dealing with Xanax. Marijuana is always in the mix. Um, And I say always because it's typically the gateway drug. Mm. And then things tend to uh, go forward from there. Of course, we know about the opiate uh, epidemic nationally. Uh, We have some of that. Um, Most of the time, the students not only uh, are struggling with... uh, a substance abuse disorder, but there's also some mental health challenge in combination with that. Typically, it is anxiety and depression are the top two uh, things. And a lot of times, students, either diagnosed or not, will uh, gravitate towards some substance to help them manage their substance, their mental health challenge. I do want to talk more about the therapeutic programs and services that you offer your students. 
But before we get to that, I'm interested in just how you're able to help these kids have a normal high school experience with all the things that they've got going on in their lives. Great question. Well, first of all, what makes us different is just the fact that aside from our normal coursework and daily schedule that uh, is typical of, of any high school, is that we have on-campus NA and AA meetings. And that is one of the things that um, makes us a recovery high school, along with all the other recovery high schools that our, our school happens to be connected with. Um, twice a week, we have uh, those meetings, and um, they're an hour for each meeting. Um, for As a matter of fact, on Tuesdays, we have a 12-step AA meeting. And on Thursdays, we have um, either NA or drug, uh, an, drug anonymous meetings or DA meetings. Those meetings are supplemented by uh, what I call guys and girls groups, where I have meetings that are specific for the young ladies and specific for our guys. Because uh, while their recovery uh, and substance abuse disorder has some similarities, how they're responding to it and the support that they need going forward can be uniquely different from what a guy needs and what the girls need. So we do that as well. Also offer on our campus um, yoga and meditation course uh, once a week as well. And a big part of our program, which helps uh, our students rebuild their self-esteem, as a matter of fact, they're doing it today because every Friday our students are involved in community service. And uh, the biggest way that we do that is by volunteering in the district's elementary schools and also in our early childhood center. Why is that important? What have you found that that imparts to these students? You know, it connects with as much as anything else. I'm When I stepped into education, I did so as a third grade teacher. And uh, I found that my experience as an elementary educator has greatly informed how I go forward and how I go about my business as uh, working in secondary education, first and foremost, but even just as importantly, working as an educator in a recovery school environment. So when our students come to us, in many instances, um, their self-esteem isn't what it may have been or what it could be. And what better way to do that than by giving of oneself and to help you reestablish who you are and your benefit and your, I shouldn't say your benefit, but how your, it connects you with your purpose or what your purpose could potentially be. What have you used from elementary school teaching to now? Because you also made it sound like you kind of use it in normal everyday life as well. Right. You know, it's interesting. I, um, I had the great pleasure of working with third graders, of course, who are eight-year-olds. And um, they taught me, first and foremost, the value of just saying I'm sorry. Uh, there were times when uh, I was a third grade teacher that I raised my voice and I knew that's not really the best way to communicate with them. And so if not that day, then the next day I would come in and, and, uh, and apologize to them to, for communicating to them in that way. And the other part of it is, strangely enough, the solutions for working with someone that's eight, eight year old or someone that's 16 or 17-year-old, is pretty much the same in that all they're really looking for is for someone to listen and to establish a authentic relationship with them. Because as, as educators, you can't really do anything unless you establish that first. Then you have someone that you can teach and share something with. Because I've found, uh, both with my third graders and working with uh, high school students, um, I learn a lot from them, and they seem surprised when I tell them that, but I very much mean it. I, I was going to ask, were the third graders kind of shocked when you started apologizing to them? Absolutely. Absolutely, because it's interesting. They were um, surprised, but in a different way, but in the same way, I should say. 
high school students are also like that, particularly my group, because they haven't had the best interaction with authority figures. So when you have a teacher saying, hey, listen, I really, and, and the kid could be wrong as two left feet, but it's not about blame. It's not about judgment. It's about establishing, a, again, an authentic relationship with them. And it takes them aback. But what the beauty of it is, is once I've, I've got it on that level, then we have something we can really go forward with in a genuine way. And this student is more inclined to come talk to me about things that trouble them. And, and really, I'll tell them this all the time. I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to profess that. But I will do one thing for sure you can count on. I will listen. I do want to talk more about the school, but I'm, I'm interested in just the idea of what you talked about. You seem to have a very calming presence. You seem very patient. Has that always been a part of your personality, or is this something that you have developed over the years working with kids? Right. No, I wish I could tell you I was born with it. I don't think so. I think... Uh... I've come by it sort of organically, but once I recognize the value of it, then I just try to refine it. And uh, in serenity or in education period, I think if uh, we can stay calm when there's a challenge that, you know, children face, uh, it benefits them. Getting angry with them, yeah, they've had enough of that. I mean, they probably get that at home with their parents mm -hmm. in some measure. But we should always be a place where students can feel safe in all manner, physically, uh, emotionally and even spiritually, because I think a big part of what we do at Serenity, there is that that part of, of uh, spirituality that uh, I speak on, not from a religious side, but mostly just so that they can try and connect with who they are internally so that uh, they can stay sober. Because it really, I know this may sound a little bit corny, but what we do as a school is we try to save lives. Stephen Issa is the principal of Serenity High. Their website, serenity.mckinneyisd.net. What type of student goes to Serenity? We know it is going to be a ninth through 12th grader that mm -hmm. has completed a 30-day residential rehab clinic. Uh, other than that, who is who is coming in here? It's about everybody. Because as, as folks know, if they've done anything um, with regard to trying to do some form of uh, awareness where drug, drug use and abuse is concerned. You know, it doesn't uh, limit itself to one group um, culturally, um, ethnically, or otherwise, socioeconomically. Um, so we have pretty much everyone coming to our school at various times. Are the, are the students that are showing up, do they really want this education, or is it just a great place for them to go to high school but in an environment that's safe for them? I wish I could tell you if that's the case. No, I would say a fair share of our students come to us kind of kicking and screaming because if they had their way, um, not the majority, but definitely a handful, they would go right back to the high school they came from or the place they came from where all the problems started. I want to say that that's a disaster right there. Exactly. It's like putting a rat in a cheese factory. Invariably, <laughs> you know, you, you're going to go that route. But they, they come out of uh, treatment with, somewhat of a misguided notion, not from anyone else, but in their own heads, that they can go back to their high school, stay sober, uh, and be with their old friends. And it, They're fixed. It, exactly. And it won't happen. And, and if it's not them, sometimes the parents will uh, enable that, that kind of behavior or thinking. But the best thing they can do, of course, is try and find a sober environment where there are other peers like them that they can support their own sobriety. You said some come in kicking and screaming, but after a while, do they do they start to understand the opportunity they have? Do they do they 
start to embrace it? You're exactly right. Um, they don't get it right away. I think one of the biggest reasons uh, for that is that we're small. I mean, I've, I've got probably rocking about maybe 25 students to 30 students at our high point uh, because we're designed to be small. Um, and, and the environment— That's a having, lot smaller than I was— ex- I mean, oh, yeah. a lot smaller than Absolutely. I would have thought. Well, what that does is it allows me as well as my staff to, to really develop a relationship with them in, an, in a way that they would not get if they were in a larger uh, school setting. Um, it's, it's set up that way. It's the model that's been working for us. I mean, school's uh, going to celebrate its uh, 20th uh, anniversary in, in October. And we started with one student, right? Back in October of 1999, I wasn't there at the time. I'm completing my 12th year there. But along the way, I've seen a lot come, a a lot of changes. But um, the size, being small like that, is very important. Has it increased? I mean, obviously it has increased since Mm -hmm, you're a first student. mm -hmm. But is is it something where you guys are always getting more? Or is this 25 to 30 kind of your butter zone? You know, that's what we're shooting for. Um, We got up into the... um, low 20s this school year, uh, stayed there for a little while because our, our student body tends to be more fluid. Uh, I might have 22 on, on Monday, and by Friday I'm at 18. Uh, sometimes students need uh, some more support, so I will recommend that they get some more help. Also, in a, uh, part of that, because we're a self-paced learning environment, uh, students are uh, sometimes they finish their coursework a little earlier, and once that's done, they're no longer required to attend school. But they'll stay connected with us through our drug testing program and also which prepares them for uh, graduation, which we have twice a year. Uh, the reason for that is is if I've got a student that completes their coursework, say, in the latter part of October, early November, well, we, want to ask, we wouldn't want to ask them to uh, wait around until May, which, mm-hmm. you know, of course, a lot of graduations are happening this week, as a matter of fact, in early June. I might not ever see them again for a variety of reasons. So, therefore, we have a graduation in January. Are the students receiving a GED or is it a typical high school diploma? Great question. It is a Texas uh, Department of uh, Texas Education endorsed diploma. A a little bit more on the low number of students. I saw on the website that you guys really talk about your low student-to-teacher ratio. Mm -hmm. So, if you've got 25 to 30 kids, Mm -hmm. how many teachers do you have at the school? Right now, three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're looking at, you know, probably a teacher ratio of, say, seven, eight, nine students per teacher. Are they broken up in typical divisions where you have ninth and 10th and 11th and 12th? No, I mean, not at all. It seems like that. You might have a kid that's got two kids in the class. Yeah, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, when a student comes to us uh, out of treatment, I'm very glad to say that uh, wherever they were in a particular course, say if it's uh, Algebra 1A, first semester Algebra, uh, we'll help them pick up right where they left off in that course and help them complete it. We will not ask them to start over. So as a consequence, my math instructor, uh, instructor, excuse me, may have someone in that algebra uh, first semester course, but at the same time, she may be involved with teaching someone in geometry, also someone in math models. So she may have all of them there at her table working with them all one-on-one in a instructional situation like it that. It seems to me you guys focus on making sure that these kids are always moving forward. There is no possibility of feeling stagnant or moving back. The idea, when we're self-paced, we definitely want them to move forward. We have a pretty fair number of our courses are online as well. So therefore, 
Uh, school doesn't shut down. We encourage them to continue to do some schoolwork uh, after school and, if not, on the weekends. I was going to ask, is it a year-round school? I could see that summers off could be a bad mm-hmm. idea. Yes, it is. Um, no, we are not a round uh, year-round school. As a matter of fact, our last day is coming up. It's uh, next Thursday. And um, so I will have an exit interview with all the students. And as a, as a, not a consequence, but the flip side of that is that we will also have what are called um, recommitment interviews. So if a student wants to come back, because no student is guaranteed uh, readmittance into Serenity in the fall. We're a school of choice, so I don't have to take everybody. And there have been times when I've had interviews with uh, students and their families, of course, are there during the interview, that uh, they're just not ready for the program. What markers are you seeing that say, you know what, this isn't this isn't for you? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm guessing that your, you know, rejection of them, let's say, mm-hmm. is not really about the kid. It's about the other students in the school. You're exactly right, Nick. The reason I feel that way, and it's more, it's done more uh, in an intuitive sense, is that I'm not the program, which is what I explained to this prospective student and their family. The students are the program, so they have to be the ones to buy in to what we're doing on a daily basis. We operate with um, three core values, integrity, which is important because um, you have to be able to kind of walk the walk and, and, and do what you say. Humility. Humility is an important thing because we talk about that because um, that's kind of new for a lot of our students, being humble and all of that and exercising that, that state of mind. Because when things get tough, which it will in recovery, you need to be willing to reach out for help, right? Come talk to me, have a sponsor, whatever it is you need. And then the last thing is commitment. A commitment to your sobriety, but also being a commitment to being willing to help someone else. So those things being said, and our students also have to write an essay talking about what their understanding of those principles are and how they think, how how those principles will support them in their uh, sobriety going forward. So when a student comes to us and seeks enrollment, it's through that interview, which takes on the order of about an hour. We talk about their role to recovery, their addiction, everything else. And I'm also um, semi-interviewing the parent that's in the room as well. I mean, how involved are they going to be? I've learned from being an elementary education educator, this is where I, I came to understand it, the value of, of families' involvement in their child's education. Well, in a recovery high school, it seems to be exponentially so because without their help, I can't help their child stay sober because we drug test. And that involves the parents. The parents will come to the school. Twice a month, right? Yes, at least twice a month, twice every four weeks, actually. And so they come in, they'll purchase a test from us, and they are required to go in the restroom with their son or daughter and validate what's going on so that when they bring the test out and we activate it, it's considered legitimate. Now, I know folks say, well, their parents might enable or compromise that testing process, but that's also um, further supported by the district's involvement in our school by providing random drug tests, which the district pays for. So this company comes in and randomly drug tests our students uh, once or twice a month. So I have no idea when they're going to show up. We just provide them with a student list, and they have they create their list off of that, and they'll call sometimes a day before, sometimes two days hence, say, hey, we're on our way. We're going to come over and test your students. How have your human lie detector skills become over the years? <laughs> because... You're, what you're talking about is your job is basically just a judge of character. Exactly. In addition to all the other duties that a normal mm-hmm. principal would have mm-hmm. at a high school, 
you're you're really having to to play mind games mm-hmm. and figure out what's going on. So right. how are you with that now? You know, I've gotten better over time um, because um, naturally you sort of want to give a person the benefit of a doubt. But I've learned through the course of my experience at Serenity that uh, folks that substance, suffer from substance abuse disorder, while they're in their addiction, there are a couple of things that they exercise to the umph degree, and they become masters at manipulation and lying. And so we can tell when, when, or I should say I can tell, when they are gravitating back toward their addiction because mm-hmm. um, we watch them. That's, Nick, that comes from the smallness of our school. We get to know them and, and how they are when they're right. So when they're not right, we watch. When I say we, my staff is pretty trained in this regard, too. And when we see drastic changes in their behavior, um, their level of uh, civility, those things, those are red flags. Sleeping in class or being prone to sleep in class. And we make the parents aware of all of these things. And I, we, um, one of the things I'm very proud of, among many that we do, we, um, we provide um, positive feedback calls to the families. We'll just pick a handful of students and the staff will call back the calls up and it's like uh, so-and-so had a great week either academically or, or in their development, you know, random acts of kindness, that sort of thing. So that when we have to make that difficult phone call uh, to the parents, well, we've already got all this, you know, goodwill in the bank. So when we call them, they're all in and that helps. But yeah, I, I like that. The question of the, my lie detector skills. Yeah, I'm, I've gotten pretty good, but it's mostly based on behavior and just watching them and our interaction with them. Did you have any experience with substance abuse or substance abuse counseling? Was this something that you learned simply through working at Serenity? Absolutely. That's where I've learned it all. I didn't even know, like most people, that uh, schools like Serenity existed. As a matter of fact, uh, Serenity is a charter member of the Association of Recovery uh, Schools. And um, as a matter of fact, I have the, the pleasure of being on the executive board of the Association of Recovery Schools. And um, through my connection with them, and we're always talking about how we can do uh, what we do better, um, because it is life and death. As a matter of fact, um, there's a um, conference in Houston in July and all of us will be together as we do once a year, you know, like uh, we get together in some different location around the country, which brings us all together. And we have a chance to share best practices, challenges and so forth. Are schools like Serenity becoming more popular? I think so. But the challenge for schools like Serenity is funding. Um, you know, fortunately, we have the uh, support of McKinney ISD and our partner in districts, which make it possible for um, uh, for us to have nine years of uh, of how did that relationship start? Was it always a part of McKinney ISD? Yes, right. From really? The, yeah, right from the very start. Uh, we had a, a, a family in in McKinney uh, recognize the need. In fact, one of the um, members in that family is a school board member uh, on the board of trustees, and um, you know they, they did some fact finding and so forth. Checked out a sobriety high school up in uh, the Minneapolis area. Brought that model back, presented it to the board, and how it could happen. And that's what we got it off the ground, like I said, with one student and one teacher, one principal, and um, going forward ever since, since then. And uh, Nearly yeah. 20 years later in October. Nearly 20 years, exactly. Is there a time limit for the students to come in? So let's say, can you take a senior that comes in just mm-hmm. senior year? Or do mm-hmm. you need them there more time? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I 
had the good fortune through one of our um, school resource officers. Uh, it was about not quite a month ago because we just had graduation for the, the uh, spring semester um, last Friday. And uh, this young lady came to us not quite a month ago, and she was referred to us uh, from one of the, the bigger high schools in McKinney because of her relationship with one of our school resource officers. She said, listen, I know you're struggling because she confessed to him and so forth. Yeah. And she had some sobriety, had some uh, residential treatment, but unfortunately went back to the regular high school and did okay for a little bit, but then she wasn't okay. And she let him know about it. He said, you know, you should probably go over to Serenity I happen to know the resource officer. She gave uh, gave the young lady my name. She came over. Uh, we met. We did an interview, and that young lady graduated uh, last Friday. And she didn't have much to do. We only had to. I think she needed one or two more classes, or half of one or two classes, and we got her done. But by the by, the other side of that coin is that um, I had eight graduates last Friday, and there were a couple in that group that came to us that were in the um, late in their tenth or early in their eleventh grade. But because they are our self-paced learning environment. They came in and, and got after it, and now they're high school graduates. Because ideally, we're not really set up for a student to come and be there for four years. You should be able to do our program in about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've discovered sort of the hard way. If we have students that are there for three-plus years or more, they start to lose reverence for the program, and um, they should come in, get after it, and move on. So you've been there for 12 years. You're, you're talking about the graduates. What have you learned from Serenity High? How has this job, this school, these kids, how have they impacted you? Wow, Nick, that's an easy question to answer. <laughs> you know, I love that question, though, uh, in all honesty. Uh, first of all, I love what I do. I am very fortunate to be doing such fulfilling work. Uh, it's incredibly challenging um, from one day to the next. By virtue of that, it's incredibly satisfying, highly unpredictable. I, I don't know. I learned this somewhere along the line that if I could put myself uh, in a position where I could give, to, give of myself, help others out, then um, the satisfaction in my work would take care of itself. Because I've, I've had the corporate job and all of that. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just I used to ask myself at the end of my workday, you know, how am I benefiting others? And um, I mean that. I know it sounds a little corny. That was the question I asked myself. And I think once I got real with it, it put me on the road to uh, working in education. And uh, here I am 12 years later having the, the wonderful responsibility of leading a recovery high school and uh, just being a part of the recovery community in that way. If someone listening wants to be a part of Serenity High or know someone that they think would be a good candidate, or if they just want to help or, or volunteer, mm -hmm. what's the best way for people to do that? They can check us out on our website at uh, serenityhigh.org, um, or they're welcome to just give us a call. If you go on the website, all the information about uh, the school is there. Uh, we just updated the, re the website uh, recently, and so there's uh, plenty of information there. As a matter of fact, a lot of uh, uh, folks that support us on a, a daily basis, when I mentioned the uh, NANA meetings, those folks volunteer their time. Um, the uh, folks that I have that lead our guys and girls groups, um, I happen to have clinicians that do that, that are involved in different treatment facilities. They know about our school. They love what our program is about. And they dedicate a little of their time uh, every week to come around and, and help us out. So, yeah. 
Stephen Issa is the principal of Serenity High. You can find them online at serenityhigh.org or give them a call at 469-302-7830. I really appreciate your time today. It was great speaking with you. Nick, thank you for the opportunity to talk about Serenity High. I really appreciate your time, too. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 